All right, glad you're with us. Wow, what a night on CNN fake news last night. Early rating show didn't exactly go over too well with the audience, but might have been a little higher than usual for them. The seven-hour extravaganza climate change presidential town hall. Uh, Oh, and this came from the Washington Examiner. Uh, Now they devoted the seven hours to the so-called existential climate crisis, despite the fact that poll after poll after poll after poll shows that climate change is one of the issues the American people care least about. I think they care about jobs. I think they care about the economy. I think they care about war and peace and maybe the rise in the military with the Chinese. I mean, the fact that the two thirds of the American people understand the importance of the president standing up to China is amazing. I mean, and the the president was right in literally pointing out that our farmers have been heroic in supporting the president. I mean, he's right, because in the short term, we're taking a hit. You know, they're warriors in the trade war. That's what the president said. It's not easy, but it has resulted the president saying these unfair trade deals. The president does not want in any way, shape, manner or form does not want a trade war with China. What he wants is free trade. What he wants also is fair trade. And when you have nearly $500 billion and they close the markets to just about every product you can think of, everything in manufacturing or automobiles, our our great farmers and and what we produce each and every day, every year. Um, And when they're closing off the markets, they've got an unfair advantage. They, They are taking huge advantage of we, the American people, and we're all paying a price for it. Anyway, they just announced, according to the Washington Examiner, fake news CNN, that they're going to spend seven hours showing, again, the Democratic presidential hopefuls debating issues involving uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender concerns. uh, And I guess another seven hour town hall. This got so insane. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, part of me wants to laugh. Part of me wants to cry because they have bought hook, line and sinker into every bit of insanity proposal that we know will destroy the American economy. There's no ambiguity about this. The idea, the new Green Deal, that everything's going to be free, whether you're willing or unwilling to work. You're going to we're going to have government schools from pre-K, kindergarten, all the way through college. Great. More years to indoctrinate our kids into liberal socialist thinking uh, as recent polls have actually borne out that it's actually working, sadly, for the sake of the country, because we don't have freedom. You don't have liberty. If you don't have capitalism. And you make all these false assurances so that this group of people, the Democrats, with their, you know, look how Solyndra worked out. Look how, you know, keep your doctor, keep your plan and and save money worked out. Look at, you know, we're all paying more money. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And and tens of millions of Americans only have one choice when it comes to health care. Great job. Great promises fulfilled. Nobody's paying attention that, yeah, the Finnish government, the the great role model, we need to be more like Finland. Yeah, that government collapsed under the weight of their socialist utopia. But we're going to get rid of oil and gas, the lifeblood of our economy. That's what they want. That is at the heart of this. But really, it's more of a political agenda. It's so that they can support in their minds the idea. Remember, capitalism is bad. The new Green Deal is more about redistribution. 
You know, the wealth tax is about redistribution. The carbon tax is about redistribution. Tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. Uh, famously said by Governor Cuomo in New York, then the rich start leaving. And New York is losing more people than any other state, even California. But they were a close second. And they're leaving. People are leaving because they're being chased away by punitive policies that disincentivize people from investing and living. Look at the beautiful coast of California. Who wouldn't want to live there? Forget it. When you when you're paying a 13 and a half percent state income tax, then you're paying all the other insanity taxes and free health care for anybody, legal, illegal immigrants. Everyone gets free, 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 free. Well, then a mile from Nancy Pelosi's house, what do you have? You have uh, what is what is now evolved into a a drug den where needles are all over the place. People shooting up every day all over the place. People have no place to urinate or defecate. So that's happening right there in public. One mile from her house in one direction, one mile from her office in another direction. And of course, no end in sight. Governor Newsom. Great dreams of being president one day. He says he will fix it all. But he's been in, let's see, politics, lieutenant governor, eight years, mayor of San Francisco, 22 years he's been doing this. A lot of good he's done. Now, I don't know if if it was, I don't know. I mean, there's so many dumb, bad things from Buttigieg saying fighting climate could be more challenging than winning the Cold War. We have to actually unify the country around this project. And that means bringing people to the table who haven't felt that they've been part of the process. I mean, this is the hardest thing we will have done, certainly in my lifetime as a country. This is on par with winning World War II, perhaps even more challenging than that. Does anybody really think we're going to meet that goal if between now and 2050, we are still at each other's throats? It's not going to happen. We've got to figure out a way to rally, and that means everybody from cities to farms to the federal government to the international community. I'm prepared to lead us. Okay, now we need we literally need re-education seminars for people like the squad Buddha judge. First, Buddha judge can't run South Bend, Indiana, and this is not a South Bend. It's a home of Notre Dame. I mean, come on. This is this is, you know, a, a, a great city in this country, the heartland. He's going to fight climate change. It could be more challenging than winning World War II. Tammy Bruce had a great line the other night on, on the TV show, and she went into how this, this is like the narcissistic generation. You know, when Ocasio-Cortez is filming every aspect of her life, or you've got, you know, Robert Francis Beto Bozo, you know, you know, filming himself getting a haircut. And, you know, Ocasio-Cortez saying, well, there's never been a generation like ours that has ever stood up and fought. I'm like, hello, the civil rights movement. Pay attention. I'm I'm wondering, did they ever teach this in school? The comparisons to Nazi Germany comparing detention centers that, let's see, have soccer fields, rec facilities, TVs, uh, telephones, beds, blankets, pillows, cots, whatever you need. Uh, Oh, and baby formula and diapers and medical care around the clock and medicines, whatever you need. That's for people who broke our laws and entered the country illegally. But we're going to compare that to the death camps and Auschwitz in in Nazi Germany, like her colleague Tlaib said, Congresswoman Tlaib. You know, Buddha judge, you know, saying that uh, climate change so much so that it will take a nationwide effort. The amount of money they are proposing to throw at this is staggering. 
in so many different ways, $16 trillion all the way down to $2 trillion, or $1.7 trillion is the minimum. Where is this money going to come from? How do we live without oil and gas? You know, Sanders, well, he has some pretty wacky ideas that, of course, one of them is a lot of taxpayers out there willing to pay more in taxes. Well, how about you? He's a multimillionaire. How did the socialist senator all these years become a multi multimillionaire and own all of his properties? I mean, it, it gets insane. But he actually went and he had a question and. You know, the issue of population control comes in and literally empowering women, educating everyone on the need to curb population growth. The planet cannot sustain this growth. I realize this is a poisonous topic for politicians, but it's crucial to face empowering women and educating everyone on the need to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. Would you be courageous enough to discuss this issue and make it a key feature of a plan to address climate catastrophe? Well, well the answer is yes. <laughs> and the answer has everything to do with the fact that women in the United States of America, by the way, have a right to control their own bodies and make reproductive decisions. And the Mexico City Agreement, which denies American aid to those organizations around the world, that are uh, that allow women to have abortions or even get involved uh, in birth control to me is totally absurd. So I think especially in poor countries around the world uh, where women do not necessarily want to have large numbers of babies and where right. they can I, I, have I, I, the listen, I just can't. He's now under fire. We're going to populate. What are we going to tax people that have children? You know, where are these taxpayers that want to pay more? Or Joe Biden, you know, Joe 30330, the new Green Deal doesn't go too far. He's not opposed to it. That's their moderate. That's what he said. Andrew Yang saying they all support the new Green Deal's goal of banning commercial air travel. That was said last night. Elizabeth Warren saying Americans need to make changes when it comes to using straws and eating cheeseburgers. Why the obsession with cheeseburgers? We're going to now tax eat consumption of cows because of the flatulence involved from cows. Uh, and it gets even more insane with the population growth issue, a key feature of addressing the climate, Bernie Sanders saying, or Kamala, you know, well, take action. We're going to reduce the amount of red meat Americans eat. I'm telling you, if this happens, they get elected. We got to invest in cows. Remind me, Linda, please, because they, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll slaughter a bunch of cows and we'll save the meat. and We'll sell it at a huge profit because that's apparently going to be outlawed at some point. And then, of course, the call for new taxes, uh, you know, not only a wealth tax from Elizabeth Warren, we're going to have a new carbon tax. Joe Biden wants to shut down 27 percent of our electric grid. Electricity generated by coal power. Back to Kamala. She will ban American energy manufacturing through fracking. Well, we're energy then dependent again. We're now finally, for the first time in 75 years, energy independent. That means, you know, the Straits of Hormuz, geopolitically speaking, are not as important as it used to be to us or begging countries that hate our guts, but we have to import oil because we're too stupid, even though we have more resources than they do, to use it to help Americans get wealthy and raise the standard of living of every American. 
And Joe Biden, of course, got confused about his Wall Street fundraisers work in the fossil fuel industry. Oopsie daisy. You know, but then back to Buddha judge. My father fought four years in the Pacific. You want to tell I know he passed away, but you want to tell him that climate change was more challenging than beating fascism, communism. I'm sorry, fascism, Nazism and imperial Japan. I don't think so. Biden, my whole career is, has been to take on the polluters. That's a lie. Bernie Sanders open to discussing the population control. Sanders, there'll be no federal assistance for people who want to rebuild their homes in a disaster-prone area. Oh, now that they're going to penalize you where you live. You know, Yang goes back to a possible confiscation of gas vehicles. We're going to have a buyback program for our cars. Great. You know, then saying, let's spray sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere to stop climate change or Castro suggesting it's I'll make it easier for Americans to file lawsuits over environmental racism and essential. We must use public schools to push global warming. Let's indoctrinate the kids. I guess it's 11 years we have left, he said. You know, you look at this ban fracking, carbon taxing, pollution, ending oil and gas exploration. And and extraction on public lands, banning nuclear energy, you know, think Fred Flintstone, because that's about the world they're talking about the time this is all said and done. All right. I'm I'm I am worked up. This is insanity. This will drive this country into a depression almost instantaneously if we get rid of the lifeblood of our economy and we will take the greatest potential wealth creation, our resources that would raise the standard of living of every American. Remember, 80, 100 grand, they'll train you to drive a truck. You can buy a house and a new truck and a new car. All right, as we roll along. uh, So this is all madness, what we heard last night. We'll go through and play more uh, after the news at the bottom of the half hour. As I was listening to Bernie last night in particular, a lot of people don't know this. We've covered the history in the past. I won't go over all the details. It's so repugnant, evil, repulsive uh, that the founder of Planned Parenthood was this woman, Margaret Sanger, you know, favoring abortions. It was, you know, especially for for children that were African-Americans because she was a racist and believed they were inferior. I mean, everyone seems to forget this in the discussion. I know our friend Dr. Alveda King knows this really, really well. And and the quotes that we have put up and told you about in the past, I mean, it is horrible. It is horrible. And I'm I'm listening to Bernie last night when he responds to this population growth. The answer has everything to do with the fact that women in the U.S. have a right to control their own bodies, make reproductive decisions. And the Mexico City Agreement, which denies American aid to those organizations around the world that allow women to have abortions or even get involved in birth control, to me, is totally absurd. Especially in poor countries around the world where women do not necessarily want to have large numbers of babies and where they can have the opportunity through birth control to control the number of kids they have is something I very, very strongly support. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself... We can be the world's wealthiest nation. We should view our energy resources as ours, the American people. Raise our standard of living and in the process, the world's. If we were smart, the opposite of what they're saying. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. This news about the ACLJ, the American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow, and the lawsuit that they filed yesterday uh, and the Freedom of Information lawsuit that they filed against the FBI DOJ uh, because they want to see the correspondence about possible spies in the White House of Donald Trump from day one, reporting back to, you know, Mr. Super Patriot Liar. He is a liar. Anyone who tells you any different is not telling you the truth. Jim Comey is a liar. And uh, Jim, come on the show. I'll give you three hours here and I'll give you an hour on TV. And I'll point out when you told Donald Trump in January of 2017, before he was sworn in, that the dossier was salacious and unverified, you didn't tell him that you signed off in October on the first of what would be three signatures from you that said that it was verified, the dossier, the bulk of information that you used to spy on him. And then you say you're not a spy. Oh, yeah, you're a spy. You are spying. We know it. Everybody knows it. You're lying. And you're not really living in reality. So we got that. We got Devin Nunes filing the racketeering lawsuit against Fusion. He'll join us. This is a big deal. I mean, literally how they were trying to, by by attacking Nunes the way they did, um, trying to stop him and derail him and his investigation of Fusion GPS. $9.9 million lawsuit. Um, so we're going to get into that today. We have Kelly and Conway coming up today. And also, I know the China trade war. I know a lot of people saying that, well, it's hurting. It's hurting. Well, it turns out that it's not hurting the way everyone predicted. I know everyone's trying to talk us into a recession, talk down the economy. But the media mob, they've been they've been doing all of this. Rich millionaires like Bill Maher, they don't give a flying rip about the forgotten men and women, the 7 million Americans now that have jobs because Donald Trump became president, the 7 million that aren't on food stamps any longer because Donald Trump became president, the millions that got out of poverty because of the policies of Donald Trump. I guess it's easy for him to hope and pray for a recession, and I guess it's fine for the media mob. You know, I've said it many years, except with few exceptions, you know, everyone in the media, they're a bunch of overpaid, spoiled brats. And you know what? They get paid to be hacks like, you know, the media mob. They just go with lies and conspiracy theories. But the U.S. payrolls for August far exceeded expectations. And what we found is the company payrolls oh, went up by 195,000 in August. I thought we were in a recession. Well above Wall Street estimates, according to a report, ADP, Moody's Analytics, they surveyed the Dow Jones. They were only thinking, uh, it's not going to be a good month. Turned out to be a good month. Unbelievable. Uh, Mark Zandi, a Hillary Clinton cheerleader, said, oh, businesses are holding firm on their payrolls despite the slowing economy. OK, he's been predicting economic disaster ever since Trump won the White House. And now we've seen just the opposite of the Biden Obama years. Um, we just have been we've been following closely the the hurricane dorian we're now just really a little bit worried about it just left charleston for the most part it got stronger cat two winds 120 20 miles an hour on average gusts higher 
Uh, now we're looking at North Carolina, Wilmington, and other places, then Cape Hatteras. But it looks like by literally what amounts to 50 miles offshore, we avoided a disaster. For a quick update, we got Joe Bastardi, weatherbell.com, official meteorologist of the Sean Hannity Show. You called it accurately. You said it would get stronger. It did get stronger again. It looks like it's past Charleston at this point. Uh, now yeah. we've got really North Carolina and Cape Hatteras, and that's about it, right, that we have to worry about? Yeah, well, and, uh, but the, uh, the thing is, Sean, it gets stronger and it gets more focused. And then it starts, if, if, if you folks have been watching, it starts bouncing around the coast. In other words, it tries to approach and then it comes back out. That will only work till just after Cape Fear. For once you get up toward Cape Lookout, Cape Hatteras, this is coming up the length of the Outer Banks. And uh, it's going to be a very bad hurricane in what is, you know, a major resort area for the United States. Uh, you know, the populations go up and down there in the winter. There's not that many people out there, but it certainly is going to be a big blow to that area. And again, from Moorhead City, northeast to Virginia Beach, this will be worse than Florence as far as wind gusts go. And that area, and I also think the Outer Banks, it's going to be worse than what Irene was back in 2011 for them. So uh, I think it's going to pretty much maintain its intensity overnight and uh, the landfall. It, it's probably the eye wall is going to go over Cape Fear for a while this evening, which means they'll get racked. And Wilmington's been getting racked pretty bad, but, you know, they're inland somewhat. And then it goes inland at about Cape Lookout, comes up just to the west of Hatteras Island, then goes out between Hatteras and Duck, and then sideswipes southeast New England very late tomorrow night and Saturday morning, and then we'll be done with it. Well, look, I, I I think in many ways we dodged a, a potential disaster. I mean, if you don't believe that, look at the look at what happened in the Bahamas. I mean, it breaks my heart. Well, yeah, well, Char Char Charleston has had a lot of flooding. Remember, it's like it was with Matthew. And by the way, folks, we're going to shut this down for two weeks as far as threats to the United States go. But I think between September 20th and October 10th, there's going to I'll be back talking to you again. Put it that way. Uh, earmark that prediction and we will play it if you end up being right now it is hurricane season so I mean yeah. it wouldn't be that far of a stretch but you're predicting well, specific dates and because we love to give you a hard time because that's just who I am because well, we like you so remember, much remember too Sean I'm also I, predicting a shutdown of threats in the United States in front of that so I think Dorian's the last one for a couple of weeks but this pattern reminds me sort of of last year. Now, that doesn't mean a Michael's going to hit again. It means that uh, guys like me will be tested to see if we can forecast this stuff. But well, it's not, listen, it's, 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 a, it's a science, but it's an art along with science. So, all right, Joe Bastardi, weatherbell.com. Right, Thank you, my friend. Um, right, so we have this insanity last night and Bernie Sanders. I, I mean, what he said about population control is just stunning to me. I, I'm I'm shocked. Um, so along with the payroll growth for August that they didn't expect because they're talking down the economy, the president now has set a goal. Now I took a lot of crap. Linda, did I not take a lot of crap and I didn't fight back because I knew I would be vindicated in the end. Like we usually are vetting Obama. We're right. They're wrong. Uh, we were right about the deep state. 
The evidence is overwhelming, incontrovertible. It all happened. We had it down from the beginning and we worked hard to dig every day on that story. And now we're within two months of of really getting validation. Um, how much crap did I take over the fact that I said, no, 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 no. The president did not give up on the border wall. I took a lot, right? Yeah, we take a lot and, on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're right on. Oh, let's see. Ferguson. Freddie Gray, Cambridge Police, UVA. But you know what? That's not the problem right now. Richard Jewell. That's not the problem. You know what what the problem is right now? What? That all these jerks are still walking around, talking trash. And until one of these guys goes to prison and is held to the same standard as the rest of us, forget about it. There's nothing. Well, if that happens, and I can't control it, the story we have is locked down. The evidence is overwhelming. There was a well, first, there was a rigged investigation into Hillary. There's the evidence is overwhelming. Any other American would have been put in jail. Any other American would have been put in jail also for the obstruction aspect, which is the subpoenaed emails. I've I've told that story a million times. Uh, Then we have the premeditated fraud on the FISA court. You have Jim Comey's lies. We have the we still have a lot of work to do in terms of surveillance, unmasking, leaking intelligence. Uh, We still need we will see if we have a dual justice system. It's not about the story anymore as much as it's about. Will they go after their own or does that mean America can shred its constitution, which is the foundation for every law we have? Well, does that mean that there's a dual justice system, one for Hillary, one for DOJ, one for FBI, and one for the rest of us? Are we going to have equal application of our laws, equal justice under the law? Because if we have that, these people will be charged, they will be convicted, and they will go to jail, just like others have. And uh, But, you know, t- listen, just sit tight. I am telling you, just sit tight. I I know I've been saying that for a while. We haven't been wrong yet. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll gladly admit it and apologize and correct the record. So far, we've not been wrong. Linda, how many times do we have meetings? How many times did I have meetings over with TV? We can't be wrong. If we're wrong, we're going to get crushed. And Hundreds. so double, triple, quadruple check. How many times did we sit on stories that we had, you know, authenticated, but we just wanted a little bit more. In other words, that we met the standard, the quote, journalistic standards of, you know, we had corroboration, but we still wanted a little more. Then we delay it a week or two and then we get to it. And there's still even some of those issues that are hanging out there like, oh, I wonder if Hillary Clinton was treated differently. Pay close attention. I'm giving away something here. I wonder if Hillary's campaign had issues involving Russia but it was treated differently by the very same people that, let's see, wrote an exoneration before an investigation. Pay close attention. Tick tock. Um, the president set a deadline for the construction of the border wall. Now, many of you gave me heat because you said, oh, you're not holding him accountable. I said, I don't need to hold him accountable yet. I said, he has made a decision. Why bother? I have the power and the authority legislatively. We've cited the congressional laws specifically that any president has the right to close off any drug corridors into the country. And constitutionally, as the commander in chief, he has the authority to do it. Past presidents have reallocated funds for the purpose of 
issues like this. Now, talking with the reporters in the Oval Office, the president said his administration is building or replacing very large sections of the wall. And with the three point six billion that has now been reallocated on top of the monies that Congress already allocated, he is now saying that five hundred miles will take care of the all the areas that the administration wanted to protect. And we're going to have close to 500 miles of wall, which will be complete by the end of next year, right after the election, he said. So we'll see. We had 300, 400 heading into the election. That would be another huge promise made and kept. And there'll be another chance for never Trumper people that jumped on the bandwagon late that act like they always like Trump. And they're doing it for, let's see, business reasons or expediency. Let's see if they now say, oh, uh, I guess Hannity's right. He's a negotiator and he just found he just decided to change course and pursue a different strategy. I don't know how many of you are paying attention to this Epstein suicide and investigation, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm watching it closely. I'm just doing little reports here and there. But this story seems to have uh, receded maybe in some people's minds, but it's not. We have new revelations about the suicide. Uh, All right, that's put aside for a minute, but we have secret court documents that apparently contain a claim by one of Epstein's sex slaves. They could not only put the story right on the front page, may actually have an impact on the 2020 presidential race. And this one person in particular, she has a very good lawyer. We know David Boys, right? Great guy speaking out about her role in this whole thing and being abused as a young child. And uh, anyways, told the court that she was abused by numerous prominent American politicians. We need to identify every one of them and they need to be held accountable. They really do. Uh, I don't have much to say for those of you. I know it's been just blowing up social media while I was on Hannity last night. We saw it and Joe Biden having a bursted blood vessel in his eyeball. By the way, I've had that happen. So I don't, you know, and I don't have any health issues at all that I know of. And so it was weird though. I mean, and then the gaffes were even more weird, but looking at it was a little, it just, it didn't help Joe because he's not looking is particularly energetic, as we uh, now know. Um, we're going to pay more attention to this on TV tonight. Trump donors, Trump businesses that support their president. Oh, yeah, they're getting a fresh wave of boycotts and public shaming. And it's really, you know, we know what happened to the Stephen Ross Equinox, what do you call it? Equinox Soul Cycle? I don't go to any of these places. I I just do it at my house. My sense, I have I have a, my own dojo. We do mixed martial arts, and uh, and I know Linda, you you got a Peloton thing, right? Every you like day, that? That's every, me. me and you my don't Peloton. do it every day. Stop. You don't. Tell oh, the truth. Okay. Do you do it every day? I don't do it every day. You're right. I'm so sorry that I said that. I, I yeah. don't know what you I do it thinking. a lot, though. All right. Anyway, so they're now going after. We saw it with Deborah Messing. We'll have more on that tonight, too. Um, so much to get to. Now, we have big news on the deep state. Devin Nunes's lawsuit. We have the news from Jay Sekulow and the ACLJ suing the FBI. Their FOIA request. Tom Fitton's FOIA request on Hillary's emails. Um, we'll check in with Devin. We'll check in with Greg Jarrett. We'll check in also Kellyanne Conway today and the battle with China. Well, China is now losing because they have the slowest 
moving economy in 27 years, and their currency is now at an 11-year low. And you're on page 103? 103, that's correct, volume two. When you talk about the, the firm that produced the steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? Well, I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with, uh, with that. I, well, I, you, let me just help you. Uh, it, it was. It's not, it's not a trick question. Or anything. It was Fusion GPS. Now, Fusion GPS produced the opposition research document widen, widely known as the Steel Dossier, and the owner of Fusion GPA was uh, someone named Glenn Simpson, are you familiar with? Yeah, that's outside my purview. 2014. Um, are, are you aware of that? Outside my purview. All right. There was spectacular, unbelievable moments when Robert Mueller finally testified before uh, Congress. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we have a lot. This news is huge. Now, Devin Nunes, uh, the former House Intel Committee chairman, now the ranking member, filed a lawsuit against Fusion GPS. How did how is it possible the special counsel never knew? How is that? It's 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 unbelievable to me. You know, he didn't remember who Fusion GPS is like he never knew the genie Ray, one of the one of the lead investigators right up there with the corrupt Andrew Weissman himself. That genie Ray worked for the Clinton Foundation as her lawyer. Oh, really? I didn't know that. OK, uh, everyone else in the free world that has been following this story knows that Fusion GPS that that was the firm that was paid for by a, a, a law firm called Perkins Coie with money that was funneled by the Clinton campaign. And then Fusion GPS hired Christopher Steele, who created the dirty Russian dossier that all turns out to be false. That, of course, was used to bludgeon Trump and spy on Carter Page and backdoor into the whole Trump campaign transition and then presidency. And according to all of this, you know, and remember, it was used as the bulk of information to quote the Grassley Graham memo for the FISA applications, all four of them, three of which were signed by Jim Comey. And uh, according to this lawsuit of Devin Nunes, Fusion GPS tried to impede, derail his investigation into the dirty dossier. And uh, Congressman Nunes joins us now. Congressman, um, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time. It's a nearly $10 million suit, $9.9 million suit. Uh, tell us the nature of this. Well, Sean, I think you and everyone else knows that followed this closely. You knew what Fusion GPS was doing to me and to others. And this is part of the cleanup. And people get frustrated that nothing's happened yet. But remember, you had the entire intelligence apparatus taken over by the Obama and Clinton regime. And this stuff is not easy to fix. So, so and part of what we have to do, and on your show last night, uh, you had on Jay Sekulow, you talked about what Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch is doing. People who are able to get the third branch of government, the judicial branch of government, have to stand up and do it because you have to fight a war on all fronts. That's one of the problems that I think we've had in the, with the Republican Party and the conservative movement is, you know, you just expect like one person to be able to shoot, fire, aim, and, and be done with the war. But the left in this country is more energized than ever before. They control so much of our economy, whether it's the universities, the school system, uh, the, they've done a lot to invest into district attorneys and throughout the throughout the United States. Uh, they own most of, if not almost all, the media. 
So uh, they own the tech, the tech oligarchs own all the platforms. I can go on and on. And so, you know, just expecting, you know, of, of Devin Nunes or Lindsey Graham or Chuck Grassley, you know, just to work through the legislative branch of government when we don't even control the House anymore, it's not, it, it's, you're, you're just fighting with both hands behind your back. So, uh, you know, darn well what Fusion GPS was doing. They fought to stop us from getting a hold of their bank records, which you know then led us directly to the Clinton campaign, uh, that the Clinton campaign was behind the Steele dossier. And these guys have a, a long history of, of smearing people for a living. It's what they do. And so what, what we're now doing is we're going through and we're cleaning up. It's not okay to obstruct justice. It's not okay to file phony charges against a, against a congressman. And that was, in my case, it was me, no, no less the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, who's running an investigation into you. Well, that so, didn't that also know, cost you money? I mean, now financially, when they do that, that prevents you from doing your job. That helps derail your investigation. Now you have to defend yourself against these reckless charges, but these charges are basically designed to keep you busy and stop you from doing your work. Isn't that your point? That, that's exactly right. So th- this is under the RICO statute. So remember, the RICO laws were passed for because of the mafia. And really, if you think about it, Fusion GPS is is no different. I mean, they are a racketeering outfit. Uh, they they do a lot of bad things. They work with others, and so we're we're suing them, and one of these astroturf uh, groups that you know, in the name of good government, it's called Campaign for Accountability. Sounds really nice, except it's made of a bunch of former Clinton and Obama people. Uh, they bring in dark money. And then they work with people like Fusion GPS. So in this case, uh, Campaign for Accountability paid $140,000 in 2018 to Fusion GPS. And then just so happens that Campaign for Accountability files three ethics complaints against me. And so, you know, I, like you said, you know, I have, I have legal bills. I had to pay legal bills. I had to fight all of these. I'm still fighting them, by the way. I mean, they, it never stops. And so the only way to fight these guys is you got to stand up. You have to go to the judicial branch of government. We have laws in place and, and hopefully, uh, the Eastern District of Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., hopefully we will get a good judge uh, that wants to do justice because we're not going to clean. Everybody complains about how dirty politics is today, and it, and it is way dirtier than I've ever seen in my whole career. I've never, I've, I've never experienced anything like this. Granted, I've been in the middle of the hurricane, uh, but this is not the way the United States, the leader of the free world, this is not the way our government is supposed to function. And when you have racketeering outfits like Fusion GPS, out there smearing people, whether it's the Trump campaign, Bill Browder, working with shady Venezuelan oil companies, uh, or taking on congressmen who are who are investigating them. It's not acceptable, and it needs to be stopped. The laws are in place, and the courts can do it, and that's what I'm aiming to do. I'm aiming to, you know, they need to be shut down. Just like the mafia was shut down, Fusion GPS needs to be shut down. And so, and L- so let me ask you this. Money groups. What does it mean to you when you when you heard that testimony of, of Bob Mueller? He doesn't know what Fusion GPS is. How does he not know Jeannie Ray is on his staff? Uh, I, that is a spectacular fail to me. Just like we did have Russian inter- interference. The New York Times now even finally, they're a little late, but they recognize that the dossier was likely Russian disinformation from the beginning, meaning that the Russians knew that Hillary was paying for it 
And the Russians knew that she'd use it for the campaign, which kind of convinces me in a lot of ways that it was more likely that they wanted her to win, considering they knew how damaging that dirty dossier would be full of misinformation or disinformation. Well, look, there's no question that that I mean, that this whole idea, uh, let's just, let's just start with this. The, the idea that it's new that the Russians or the Soviets before them were, were not involved in our elections, like this was just something new. The only reason that this is now being talked about is because Hillary Clinton lost. They wanted to use it to dirty up Trump during the 2016 election. It failed. It was a joke. You know, you remember, Hillary Clinton's campaign was mimicking or echoing the Steele dossier starting in May, June, July, August of 2000, all the way through 2016. You had leaks of investigations, remember? And I was overseeing this. And at the time, I'm like, I just thought it was fake news. I mean, I just didn't believe that, that our counterintelligence capabilities would be investigating a campaign. So when those stories leaked out in October, it was clearly designed to derail the Trump campaign. But but just just to close up with this, Sean, the Soviets did this all through the Cold War. Putin never stopped. It happens all the time. You know, other countries do this to us. And so so this 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 was the most successful operation the Russians or the Soviet Union ever ran mainly because of the media working with their allies, the Democratic Party. You know, it's sad all of this has happened. What did you make of the ACLJ's lawsuit uh, by Jay Sekulow uh, against the FBI over, you know, a FOIA request and a suit regarding Comey's spies in the White House? They're giving specific names and they were reporting back to Comey. Now, remember, I think it's important to remind our audience it gets complicated at different times that Comey told Trump in January at Trump Tower uh, before he was sworn in as president, uh, he said to him, well, uh, yeah, we have this dossier. It's salacious, but it's unverified. But he signed off on the first FISA application and then subsequently two renewal applications that he claims that it was verified because that was the bulk of information. So he's li- Comey is a liar. There's no other way to put it. He's lied. He's lied repeatedly. Um, but what did you think about the idea? And he says he doesn't spy. Well, the the FOIA, the FISA that he signed off on was to spy, just like having two people in Trump's White House to spy on the president. What does that say to you and what does that mean to you? So, so remember, this is this is why what I started with is is we have to, to bring lawsuits and get the third branch of government, the judicial branch of government involved at every step. So wherever we see wrongdoing, we have to target it. So there's plenty of what I would call circumstantial evidence out there that people were placed within the within the white house okay there's there's plenty of examples uh, of that which we don't we don't need to get into now but you have to you just have to go back and and remember that this was when you, when you look at what they did with the dossier this is why they tried so hard to cover it up this is why this is why they tried to stop what we did on the house intelligence committee the republicans this is why these ethics charge were, charges were filed and don't forget comey's little friends uh that are out there in the little blogosphere uh they were echoing what Fusion GPS was saying about me and my colleagues. Okay, so so they planted the stories, they planted the fake, phony ethics complaints, and then they would magnify them. W- why did they do that? 
See, they they wanted to run a counterintelligence investigation because they figured that there was the only people that could get to it would be the House or Senate Intelligence Committee. And they figured we would never be able to get to it because it would be too hard. And as you remember, that's why we had to fight to get the bank records. That's why we had to fight to get the FISA documents released. That's why we had to use an, a rule that had not been used. It had been put in place in the 1970s when the intelligence committees were created after Watergate. That's what we used to put out what was you know now the infamous Nunes memo, that was because for a year we had to sit on the fact that we knew they had used that dirty dossier. That and you couldn't dirt. tell me. Listen, I used to ask you, you wouldn't tell me. And to your credit, you follow the rules and you're not allowed to. But I would ask you questions like, am I over the target, Congressman? And you say, yeah, you usually, you know, you never said to me I wasn't. Stay right there. Devin Nunes filing a racketeering lawsuit against Fusion GPS. All right. As we continue, Congressman Devin Nunes, he has filed a racketeering lawsuit against Fusion GPS. Yeah, that's the same group that put hired, of course, using Hillary's money, funneled money through a law firm and hired Christopher Steele, who put together the dirty, lying Russian dossier that was used to spy on Trump, Carter Page and bludgeon and try and undo a uh, duly elected presidency. Um, Where is this going? We expect the FISA inspector general's FISA report, but even more importantly, perhaps than that, we have the Durham report on whether or not intelligence was outsourced to allied nations for the purpose of circumventing American law. Do you believe the people involved in this will be held accountable? Well, look, I do. But it means that people have to to maintain confidence, and we have to stay on the attack. It's like it's like what I said in the last segment, Sean. You know, this is not just one or two people that have to just that, that because you know, just stand up and take a couple shots, and the war is over. You have to fight these battles on every single front, and that's the only way that we're that we're going to win and bring accountability. So the way that I see this playing out is is you had the Comey uh, report come out uh, from the Inspector General. The Inspector General is going to come out with this FISA report. And remember, I've always cautioned people about the Inspector Generals. Not that I don't like them, but but they have limited power. They they don't have subpoena power. They can't go out and get people from the outside to testify. So they're doing really good work, but that should not, no one should take that as the end-all, be-all. So, you know, the, the information that came out on Comey, critical information. Critical oh, yeah, but there's a lot more coming. I, I, I only have to cut you short. You do believe that people will be held accountable here. That's my last question, and I got to run. I, I do, Sean, because I, I believe that you'll have the Inspector General report, and then you'll have Durham's report. And what we really have to, Durham's going to probably do a report, but quite possibly, and hopefully, he convenes a grand jury. And when a grand jury is convened, then watch out, because then they're going to be looking at the criminal referrals, the eight criminal referrals that we sent them, and likely the RICO's, I mean, similar, like the RICO case that I filed, it's very possible they could bring a RICO charge against many of these players. All right, Congressman Devin Nunes, and I got to give you all credit. You have been unrelenting in the search for truth here. There weren't many of you, and Jim Jordan, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, uh, Doug Collins. I'm going to forget other guys. Um, uh, Ratcliffe. I, I just too many, but but very few in in regards to what this story means to the country and getting this right. Uh, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it, Congressman. Thanks a lot, Sean, and thanks for all you and your show and everybody's been doing to continue this fight. All right, Kellyanne Conway is coming up. Greg Jarrett will join us as well. Bill Gertz also, and uh, much, much more as we continue. Nothing is more important than defeating the opioid and addiction crisis. 
My administration is determined to use every resource at our disposal to smash the grip of addiction. In October 2017, my administration declared a nationwide public health emergency, directing agencies to use every resource in their arsenal to overcome the deadly plague of opioid abuse. All right, that's the president talking about opioids. Let me tell you something. This drives me insane because this is so important for this country. And the president committing $1.8 billion to fight this crisis. That was another campaign promise that he made in New Hampshire and other places. And I got to tell you that we're losing nearly 300 Americans a week. This is not a joke. And I understand the lawsuits. And if we don't stop it, considering 90 percent of the heroin crosses that border. And I know the attorneys generals, they they they're more interested, not in the cartels, because they can't get any money out of them. So they'll go after the manufacturers of some of these these harder drugs like Oxycontin and, and so on and so forth. But I will tell you what happens is people usually start with the Vicodin, the Percocet, the Oxy. And then all of a sudden, they're 80 bucks a pill on the street. They can't afford it, but they can get a $10 bag of, of crappy heroin that you have no idea what it is laced with or who made it. And then they quickly become addicts there. And then every time they shoot up, it's, you know, are you going to live or die? You don't know. If we control the borders. That's where 90 percent of the heroin crosses in to this country from. And the same now with fentanyl, where you have a few grains of salt will kill or the size of a few grains of salt of fentanyl. Yeah, that'll kill a 250 pound man. Almost guaranteed. Anyway, Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president, is with us on this and other topics. That's a lot of money. I know this has been for you a personal issue that you are very passionate about. I know that you went to the president directly and said, I want to work on this. Uh, this is big progress and a big day, in my opinion. Sean, it is. And thanks so much for replaying the president's remarks from yesterday. The $1.8 billion awarded Yet just yesterday in the state opioid response grants goes to every single state in D.C. and the territories. Why? Because every single state, D.C. and the territories have been affected by what we call the crisis next door. No state has been spared, no demographic group untouched. Instead of talking about the problems and only hearing harrowing story of loss after harrowing story of loss, we're solving these problems. This battleship's starting to go in the right direction. Do you know under the president's leadership, Sean, there is a decrease in the number of youth who have started using heroin or opioids. There's an increase in the number of Americans who are in treatment. Our DHS and CPB that gets attacked by the left routinely just last year, they seized enough fentanyl to have killed every American four times. So this is law enforcement, interdiction, treatment and recovery, prevention, education. Last important point. Under this president's leadership, we've had the steepest decline in overdose death rates since 1990. 30 years, we haven't had a 5% decline like we've seen. And in key states, that decline is even greater. In the state of New Hampshire, hard-hit state, 11% decline in overdose deaths. Ohio, 24%. Pennsylvania, 24%. Kentucky, 17%. And on and on. So it shows when you don't ignore the problem, like it was ignored last administration, and you tackle it head-on, you invest the resources, you tell people addiction is a disease, not a moral failing, you break through that silence and stigma, st silence and stigma. you get people the treatment they need, and you, and you educate people. People don't know that when you go in for a root canal or a collegiate or high school athlete's injury, Sean, you don't need that big bottle of 30 pills with another refill. 
You may need one or two at the very beginning. You may need just an over-the-counter remedy. You have the right to say no to your own prescription. You have the right to just manage your own pain. But when you're done with that prescription, get rid of it. Bring it back. You can send it back free of charge through the mail to the National uh, Transportation. It's a, I get you the, the, you guys can put out the address. But more importantly, bring it back to the pharmacy. Bring it to the local police station. Don't keep it lying around in a medicine cabinet and gym bag and grandmom's top drawer, junk drawer, so that it gets into the wrong hands. I also want to use the word fentanyl. This president and this first lady work on the, this public policy issue of combating the drug supply, drug demand in our nation together. And the president and the first lady, Melania Trump, have done an amazing job raising awareness, raising funds, and getting results. But they've also injected into our everyday lexicon the word fentanyl. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. It is being manufactured mainly in labs in China, and it is just being peddled. The poison's coming over the southern border. It's coming through our seaports. It was coming through our mail. The president signed into law last year. The STOP Act, that means that every foreign origin package now can be opened. So these Chinese packages that are coming in, tiny little grains of fentanyl in an otherwise legitimate shipment, that's being increasingly interdicted. It means that we're literally, Sean, keeping the poison out of our communities and out of our kids. Well, if we don't stop it, at some point, we've got to recognize this. We can't lose 300 Americans every week from this. And it's that bad. Um, and yeah, I applaud you. Now, it's actually like a plane. Look, Sean, it's like a plane falling from the sky every single day. Let me do it graphically for you. 70,000 Americans last year. So we're above, we're, we're closer to about 1,500 a week now. Those numbers have just mushroomed. And recently they've mushroomed. Now, as I said, we've got this decline in overdose deaths, decline in new starts, decline in the number of prescriptions too, because what's happening is you have these states now working together to say, hey, let's start with five pills or seven pills, but not 30. So that's helping. But what you say is important because when you just think about the casualties alone, if God forbid a plane was falling from the sky every day filled with people, we would all stop whatever we're talking about, Sean, and we talk about why are the planes falling from sky, the sky with all these people? Hey, folks, the drug epidemic in our country is the equivalent of that. And it's all around us. You know, see something, say something. If you see something, say something. Somebody needs help. They need somebody to, to recognize what's going on. Kel and Kellyanne, here's the, here's the problem. We've now sent our cameras to Nancy Pelosi's district uh, oh, two yeah. or three times. I don't remember at this Great point. Work. I think twice. A mile from her gated community, walled off house, she has their people literally shooting up all day, every day in the streets. They're dropping Great. their needles everywhere to just dump them. People that don't have a place to urinate or defecate. They got a feces problem in her district. One mile in the other direction is her office. And yep. how she has not gone to every millionaire friend of hers and said, I'm giving a million. Will you give a million? Can we build a place here where maybe we can give people bathrooms, a shower, a, a warm meal once or twice a day? And maybe we'll even get a couple of drug counselors in here to maybe help some of these That's people right. out. Not that hard, That's is it? Right. No, it's not that hard. In fact, it's being done by this administration, but we get resistance from some cities. And like I said, these this $2 billion in grants yesterday, that goes right to the states and the locals. That doesn't, that's not, that's federal money, but they use it. They've got flexibility. So what you just described could be helped. California's going to get a nice pot of money here, Sean, just yesterday on top of all the billions we've already raised for opioids and, and drugs. But, uh, you know what she, what Pelosi can also do? 
all these governors and mayors and members of Congress on the Democratic side who are looking the other way at people who are suffering thusly, she can get together with local employers and say, hey, when this person's lucky enough to come out of drug treatment or off of the streets or out of the drug treatment program, we want to make sure they don't return to the drugs. So they need skills. They need employability. They need a job. They need housing. And this this Trump economy has created so many excess jobs. You have seven and a half million available jobs, more than people, the number of people who are looking for jobs. So we've been working here in the White House, Sean, on bringing in Department of Labor and housing and education, et cetera, to treat the whole person. But we need the help of people like that. Look what they did in San Francisco yesterday. Instead of helping and giving some dignity and some physical help to these people in San Francisco, they they went and passed a resolution designating the NRA as a domestic terror organization. Give me a break. This is how you're spending your time. When Pelosi was here before their long, lavish uh, vacation this summer, what did they do? They're voting on resolutions about the president's tweets. I mean, instead of helping humankind, but America sees it. They know they know who's helping. This will be a legacy issue for this president. He heard it on the campaign trail. He saw people suffering, and he is delivering. Let me ch- switch gears here. Um, you know, we had all this, I guess, climate change insanity. We have this new Green Deal that wants to eliminate oil and gas. And so my question to you is, well, well, let me play a little bit of the comments. We're not going to talk about any specific candidates, but just generally speaking, for the first time in 75 years, we're energy independent because of the president's policies. That is huge for us. It's strategically uh, when you look at, you know, the the benefits to the American people, the career jobs, high paying jobs, trained to be a driver for 80 grand a year and and literally we don't have to beg countries that hate our guts for the lifeblood of our economy. So pivotal, but they want to get rid of oil and gas in 10 years. Here's some of the insanity of what was what was said last night by these so-called candidates on the Democratic side. There are a lot of ways that we try to change our energy consumption and our pollution. And God bless all of those ways. Some of it is with light bulbs. Some of it is on straws. Some of it, dang, is on cheeseburgers, right? There are a lot of different pieces to this. And I get that people are trying to find the part that they can work on and what can they do. And I'm in favor of that. And I'm going to help and I'm going to support. But understand, this is exactly what the fossil fuel industry hopes we're all talking about. But would you support changing the dietary guidelines? The, the, yes. You know, the food pyramid. But people yes. Are, yes. To reduce red meat specifically. Yes, I would. We can have a more balanced diet and therefore a more balanced footprint and not propose that they abolish the cow. Consumption, uh, beef in particular, is a major driver of no, climate it change. Should, should Americans change their eating habits and eat less beef? You know, the U.N. just released a study that said we're going to be okay if the vast majority of the world goes vegetarian immediately. You guys see that? So uh, it's good for the environment. It's good for your health if you eat less meat. Uh, certainly, meat is an extraordinarily expensive thing to produce from an environmental sustainability point of view. So I think it would be healthy on both an individual and a societal level for us to move in that direction. I don't even know where to begin. And, and <laughs> Sorry. It the amount, the, I, central. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know talking. what we're going to you know do. What, Sean, you should take the next couple of days off and just play a whole loop of them talking. It was like a free commercial for the Trump reelect. But in a serious matter, let's review very quickly here. 
Okay, the price tag for the Green New Deal is thirty-two trillion dollars. A lot of these Democrats running for president, and even oh, it's up to ninety-four trillion, depending. All right, stay right there. I don't mean to interrupt you. you. Uh, Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president. All right, as we continue, Kellyanne Conway is with us, counselor to the president. Um, and we just played for a lot. Taxpayers got to pay more in taxes. We got to eliminate plastic straws. We need to all become vegetarians. We need, you know, uh, to shut down 27% of American electricity generated by coal. Who's going to pay for all this? Let's have a new carbon tax. Let's take advantage of and to reduce the amount of red meat people eat. We're going to have a cow tax, I guess, at some point. Uh, No federal assistance for people who want to rebuild their homes in disaster prone areas. Uh, Okay. And okay, this is there was nothing more challenging than than winning World War Two. That's what they said last night. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That was a disgrace for Mayor Buttigieg to say that this is uh, as hard or harder than the hardest thing we've done since winning World War II. I hope people focus on that. Sean, in many ways, the contrast couldn't be brighter. They're making it so easy for this president's successes and the contrast to be made clear. This is a president who has made us energy independent. This United, the United States of America under President Trump are now the net exporter of natural gas and 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 oil. Why? Because we because of his energy energy policies, because of his deregulation, because of his tax cuts, because of his boldness. And yet you contrast that to people whose message to America last night is, we're going to tell you what to eat, what not to eat. They want to ban not just cows and not just gas, but gas from cows. And people turn on the TV and they say, so your solution is fewer cheeseburgers. And in the case of Bernie Sanders, fewer children. He was advocating for more abortions in the developed world for, quote, those women who don't want large families. This is your modern Democratic Party. But let's let's call them out for the hypocrites they are. They all flew there. I don't think anybody walked there or rode their bike there, as, as far as I know. That's number two. Most importantly, listen to what they all said about the Green New Deal before they voted on it. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris, quote, of course we can afford it. Senator Elizabeth Warren, in all the way for a Green New Deal. Gillibrand, who since had a drop out of the race, we need to pass a Green New Deal. Quote, this should be our We're almost done, but I, I got to tell you, no, they, I agree. Not, they voted on it and nobody voted for it. It got zero votes in the United States Senate. They're full of it. And let me do what, let me point out one last thing nobody has said. Tom Steyer is trying to buy his way onto the debate stage and failed. He shot onto the national scene politically on climate change and environment years ago. He can't even make the debate stage for climate change. Number two, Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State had a bow out of the race already, and he was running on, drumroll please, climate change. So this is just foolish. If they really cared about things that are going to help America, they would have been up there doing what the president was doing yesterday, which is talking about trade with China, the opioid crisis, the booming economy. This, The, the Trump economy, we're in the longest sustained recovery and expansion. All right, Kellyanne, I got, I'm out of time. I got to run. We wish we had more time for you. We love you. Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president. Uh, great job on opioids. Great job analyzing this insanity. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Wow, huge developments on the deep state. The lawsuit by the ACLJ, that's Jay Sekulow, and Devin Nunes, what he just said in the last half hour, and much more straight ahead. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, we have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. 
And we have to affix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Uh, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications, and many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application. A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is. If you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Uh, that Rod Rosenstein, he said this, what, was it May 2018 now? I'm pretty sure. Now, think about what he's saying there. He signed the third FISA renewal, the fourth and final FISA warrant against Carter Page that, of course, gave the back door to spy on, well, candidate Trump, transition team Trump and Trump being the president, President Trump. Um, And at that point, I believe that the FBI, John Solomon's reporting has been very clear on this. They finally put together a spreadsheet and lo and behold, the bulk of information, according to the Grassley Graham memo, which was the Steele dossier, the Russian lies Hillary Clinton paid for, was, in fact, uh, lies. And as I said to Devin Nunes earlier in the program, it was likely Russian disinformation from the beginning. That would mean that Russia knew what Steele was going to do with the dossier. They fed him all these lies, knowing that it would go to Hillary Clinton, knowing it would get out in the press, knowing that it would impact the 2016 elections in her favor. Now, the narrative from the media mob has always been, oh, no, the Russians were trying to elect Trump. I don't think so, because I think they always saw Hillary Clinton as weak. I think that's pretty transparent. Anyway, Greg Jarrett is with us. There's a great piece out on this very, very thing. But the guy I think that's in the most trouble now, I would hope and I pray if there is equal application of our laws and equal justice under the law, it should be that the evidence is overwhelming. It is incontrovertible. We have it all that, in fact, there was a premeditated fraud committed on the FISA court. McCabe, the deputy FBI director at the time, said no FISA without the dossier. They never verified the dossier. They swore before the FISA court that it was true to the best of their ability, but they were warned otherwise. That's where the premeditation comes in. I can't imagine any scenario where there's premeditated fraud on a court to deny the civil rights of one American and use that information to hurt a presidential candidate, transition team, and then presidency is not a big deal that will result in charges. Greg Jarrett, you comment on this very thing. Well, Comey vouched for the veracity of uh, his representations to the FISA court. It was all based on the dossier. Uh, He said it was authentic. The documents cited the credibility of his sources. All of that was untrue. And Comey swore under penalty of perjury that it was true and correct, that he was adhering to the FISA law and FBI regulations. Uh, Yet when he sought the warrant, uh, he still hadn't confirmed any of the allegations of collusion in the Steele dossier. Uh, And, you know, Sean, as you well know, confirmation or corroboration is required before you seek a warrant, not after it. And the FBI and Comey didn't do that. Let me just read you out of the FBI guidelines, the relevant passage. This is also under the FISA rules and regulations. Quote, 
the accuracy of information contained within FISA applications is of the utmost importance. Only documented and verified information may be used to support FBI applications. To the but court. Greg, the if operative- I may interject before, it's unverifiable that we, right. we discovered. It's not even verifiable. There was, there was never a shot at verifying it. That's right. And that's a co- according to the author of the dossier uh, in court documents. He, he, you know, Christopher Steele said, that, you know, what I have in this document, 17 memos, is unverifiable. It was all based on multiple hearsay anonymous sources. You can't verify that. Comey didn't care. And so, you know, Sean, I think his gloating last week over the first part of the inspector general's report was premature. Uh, I think he has to wait and we have to wait for the IG's forthcoming report on FISA abuse. And if it reflects any of the dishonest acts that I think the evidence clearly demonstrates, then Comey is in trouble legally, and he may be held accountable in our system of justice. Maybe he beat the rap last week, but there's a lot more coming. All right. So if it's premeditated fraud, we know Kathleen Kavlek at the State Department about two weeks prior to the original to Comey originally signing off on the first FISA application. Then Bruce Orr's admonition in August of uh, 2016, his admonition, everybody was saying it's not verified. Everybody told the DOJ, Comey, FBI, everybody involved knew that it was paid for by Hillary Clinton. They minimize that in the application. They say, okay, nothing's verified, and that Steele had an agenda, and Steele was being paid. Now we know he's being paid by a lot of people. Uh, the second part of what Rod Rosenstein says there is, oh, if you find out it's not true, you need to fix it. Now, what's interesting about that is why didn't Rod Rosenstein by that point know that the bulk of information in the FISA applications was not verifiable? He he, he now is entangled himself in this mess. He has, and I suspect he will, in the end, if he hasn't already, under questioning, said, you know, I I relied on others. I didn't actually read the document that I signed. He gave a hint of that uh, in congressional testimony to Louis Gohmert, who pressed him about, you know, the veracity of the document and his signature on it. And, you know, Rosenstein, as he's wont to do, uh, sort of hemmed in hot and hedged and was very evasive. But if you read the entirety of his testimony, it sounds like he's saying, even though I told that crowd, and you just played the clip, that how important it is to do your due diligence on this, it sounds like uh, Rosenstein didn't. That's his only way out of legal jeopardy. And, and Comey will do the same thing. He will feign ignorance and uh, claim amnesia, which is what he always that, does. All right, but then, all right, but let's walk through the court case here. You put Bruce Orr on the record, and he sits, uh, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so I'll help you God? And he says, yeah, did you warn James Comey that the dossier was unverified? Yes. Did you warn James Comey that Hillary Clinton paid for it? Yes. Did you warn James Comey that Christopher Steele had a political agenda? Yes. He did it anyway. Kathleen Kavlek, up next. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? 
did you warn James Comey that Christopher Steele had an agenda and was panicked and had a deadline of Election Day for information? Yes. Did you warn them that the dossier was likely unver? Yes. Did you? So how many times do you get warned and then you and you get to say, oh, I didn't know or plead ignorance when, in fact, this was very easily discoverable? Why didn't they sit down their beloved Christopher Steele and say, Chris Steele, tell us, how do you know the stories about hookers urinating in the Ritz Carlton bed of Donald Trump took place? And why didn't they maybe make a call to the Ritz Carlton in Moscow and find out if Donald Trump even stayed there at that time, which apparently he didn't? Well, you should have been a lawyer uh, because you made a very cogent and effective case. Um, and, you know, um, the FBI. If I was a lawyer, I'd be one of you guys. I, that's the last thing I want. <laughs> You're you know, what, you know, you know what they call the, a lawyer at the bottom of the ocean. You do know that, right? Yeah, a good start. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love lawyers. Uh, but go ahead. But look, I, you know, the FBI was warned by Cavalock. They were warned by Chris Steele. They were warned by uh, Bruce Orr. And you've just laid it all out quite nicely. Um, and Comey's only out, which is, this is what he always does, is, oh, gosh, Kathleen Cavalock never heard of her. Bruce Orr never talked to him. Christopher Steele, who's that? So Comey's What did you do to verify the contents in the dossier that you swore to in court? He'll say he relied on others. That's what Comey always claims. But that's not good enough uh, in a court of law. Uh, when you affix your signature, you're you're taking responsibility for the document and the authenticity and veracity of it. And you have to do your own due diligence. You can't just rely on others. So in the end, that may not be a sufficient legal defense for James Comey if he faces an indictment. What did you think about Jay Sekulow? This blew me away last night, and I think this is huge that they have filed a lawsuit against the FBI. And by the way, where is Christopher Ray cleaning up the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world? Where is his interest in cleaning up this mess, this distrust now that exists because of the likes of Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Page? But anyway, you know, that director Comey had planted spies inside the White House and they sent the Freedom of Information Act request to the FBI and other offices at the DOJ so they could determine what Comey and his little circle of corruption had done in their efforts to spy on the Trump administration. Uh, the deadline passes, so they filed the lawsuit, and they're asking very specific questions about very specific individuals, and that Director Comey, apparently, they believe, conducted his own covert operation against President Trump by putting agents and spies. Now, we know he bragged about doing it to General Flynn, something he said he'd never do in the Bush or Obama administrations. And we know McCabe said to Flynn, no, you don't need your lawyer denying him of his Miranda rights and constitutional rights, which I think should be thrown out on right there. It's anything. It's over. But um, if, if that's true, on top of the spying that went on abroad or maybe subcontracted out spying to circumvent American laws, we really have beyond an attempted coup here, don't we? Oh, we absolutely do. And uh, hats off to uh, Judicial Watch and Jay Secular's organization for filing these FOIA 
demands and lawsuits. Um, and I blame people like Christopher Ray, the current FBI director, who ought to be sacked because he has done nothing uh, to improve the good name and reputation of the hardworking FBI agents. Uh, instead, he has sought to protect uh, the institution by covering up evidence of wrongdoing. He defies lawful subpoenas issued by Congress. Uh, he turns down all FOIA requests. He retroactively classifies non-classified information in order to hide and conceal the truth. Uh, th this is a man who is the equal of James Comey when it comes to corruption and malevolence. And it's time that uh, Christopher Ray say goodbye to the FBI building and leave. And and if he doesn't, frankly, he ought to be fired. So we're going to get the inspector general report on FISA abuse. John Solomon saying, well, where's the grand jury? Um, would that be something that would have been set up ahead of time? Is it going on? You know, sometimes you don't know that grand juries have been seated and and they're secretive, et cetera, et cetera. Is that something that could be happening that we don't know is happening or is it more likely that after the report is revealed to the public and that the inspector general goes before Senator Graham's committee and gets all the time he needs to tell his story, that we begin to uh, see indictments of people? Yes, it could happen. Uh, it may have happened already. Uh, but uh, we just don't know because grand juries operate in secret for a fixed period of time. Prosecutors tend to want to wait until they have all of their evidence firmly collected um, before they seat a grand jury so that if it takes a long time, um, you know, the, the term of the grand jury doesn't expire. So we just don't know. Um, but if uh, John Durham has the inspector general's report already that means he is probably putting together not just his evidence but durham's own evidence and his investigators which likely includes an interview a lengthy interview with christopher Steele, but bruce or kathleen kavalek and a great many others um, once that happens, they have to seat a grand jury in order to indict because that's federal law. You can't indict without a grand jury. I got to run, but thank you so much. Uh, unbelievable. It's just now, Matt, we're now weeks away. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We'll take a quick break. The battle against China. China seems to be blinking. Uh, how important is that to these ever so fragile stock market people that work in this country. I don't I've never liked the Wall Street groups of people. And I'm speaking generally. There are nice people that work on Wall Street. I just don't trust it. My own advice. Quick break. Right back. We'll get to that. Your calls next half hour straight ahead. China's been hurting our country for 30 years with the money they've been taking out. Other presidents should have done something about it and they should have done it a long time ago, whether it was Clinton or Bush or Obama, any of them, they should have done something about it. And they did. I'm doing it. And I have no choice because we're not going to lose close to a trillion dollars a year to China. And China understands that. I hope that with President Xi, I have a good relationship, but they understand we're not going to do it. And this is more important than anything else right now, just about that we're working on. We have to make sure that our taxpayer, look, we have 
help rebuild China like nobody else. And they've done a great job. And I don't blame China. I blame our presidents, our representatives, past administrations for allowing that to happen. It's a disgrace. You know, uh, the president, when you look at the numbers, as I have been going through regularly on this program, they shock the conscience. And the president, by the way, now that a poll has come out, farmers are warriors, the president said in this battle, this trade war with the Chinese. And I got to tell you, when you look at the numbers, they're staggering. You got, you know, everywhere from $344.8 billion trade deficit as it relates to U.S. trade in goods with China from 2014 all the way up to 2018. It just went up to $419.5 billion, nearly $500 billion. Now, there is a poll that has come out, a Harvard-Harris poll. More than two-thirds of American voters say it is necessary for the president to fight China on trade. That has, for years, you know, resulted in layoffs for U.S. workers. Is there a temporary hit to the economy? I, I would actually say there probably is. But at what point do we not wake up and say, OK, you, you're not going to take advantage of us anymore? As of now, if you look at, you know, Ron Johnson even admitted that something he didn't anticipate and that is, quote, I've been really surprised how patient the people are with the president's war on China and their unfair trade practices. People are really getting harmed by retaliation, loss of markets, losing money, delaying capital expenditures. But almost invariably at the tail end, they go. But I really support what the president's trying to do, because instinctively people understand that we're victims in all of this and that China has gotten away with these deals that are one sided on their side constantly. And at some point, we got to ask ourselves a question. When when are we going to stop allowing that to continue? Because that's hurting in the end our opportunity to get our goods, our farm products into, you know, the the Chinese market because they're taxing everything and everything that we send over there. But we're not doing it to them. That's why there's a five hundred billion dollar deficit. Anyway, our good friend is back. Uh, Bill Gertz is with us. He's an investigative journalist, author of Deceiving the Sky, Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy. This is part of it, but he also talks a lot about how the Chinese military, their buildup is designed specifically to cripple American military capabilities and dominate the Asia Pacific. Uh, Newt has been talking about their move towards uh, 5G now for a long time. How literally the intellectual property theft is at such an advanced level by the Chinese, uh, how the Obama administration rejected an application for asylum from a high level would be Chinese defector. They didn't want to anger Beijing and uh, much, much more. Bill Gertz, welcome back to the program. Let's start with the trade deficit and how this impacts Americans, because this is real. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot from uh, of the Democratic presidential candidates about the existential threat of climate change. And uh, this is the real existential threat to America. It's the it's the communist Chinese. And uh, I've outlined this threat in, in this new book, Deceiving the Sky, which is a, drawn from a Chinese strategy. And it points to a comprehensive attack on America and the West, basically. And it's not simply the that 
China's rising. It's that China is rising and it's forcing and attacking the United States through these unfair economic and trade practices, which Trump has made front and center of his China policy, but also these uh, national security threats, that is space weaponry, cyber attacks, uh, intelligence operations. And I've outlined all of that in this book, Deceiving the Sky. This is the most important book that people can read to understand the China threat. Let me go over some numbers and then we'll get to the military issue. For example, if you look at steel, aluminum products, uh, we pay $40 million if we want to get our products into China. They pay nothing, pretty much. Or if you look at the imbalance on motorcycles and railway cars, beef, poultry, fiber optic cables, uh, and so on and so forth, Air, aircraft parts, semiconductors, you name it. Uh, if you look at fabric, modems, chemicals, furniture, seafood, cosmetics, vodka, you know, it goes on and on. And smartphones, laptops, kids' toys, all of this, we pay, they don't. Now, I don't, I'm a free trader guy, but I'm a free fair trade guy. The president has proved successful with Japan, with Mexico, with Canada, and negotiating new deals with NATO in terms of NATO allies paying their fair share. Uh, I think if the president has to do this to convince them, okay, we mean it. And as a result, we now see China's economy at its growing at its slowest rate in 27 years. And they're literally their their currency now is at the lowest level in 11 years. So they're feeling the heat from this battle. Correct. Absolutely. Um, the, the president has done something that no other president has done, and that is he has made American national security intricately linked to economic security. This is the first time that's done. So he's made that the main issue. And as a result of that, of course, the biggest threat to our economy right now is China. And he's through these tariffs, he's basically laid out that, that path. Uh, the Chinese are responding. Um, I spoke with a senior White House official recently who told me that they're going after the farm states. They're trying to undermine Trump's reelection in 2020. Uh, as you mentioned, all of those other areas, for example, whiskey, they're, they're attacking our whiskey industry in order to try and put pressure on the president to cave in. Uh, we almost had a trade deal with the Chinese. It was 150 pages. It was... It, minutely uh, scrutinized. Every uh, I that was dotted and T that was crossed was agreed. And then at the last minute, the Chinese pulled out of it. And the reason they pulled out of it was because uh, it would be a, a, a full admission that they have been conducting cyber attacks, intellectual property theft, currency manipulation, and all of these things that Trump is trying to correct. Well, I mean, you look at it and it is what it is. Let's talk about the Chinese military buildup and your belief, and I think Newt Gingrich has really been sounding the alarm on this as well, that this military buildup is designed specifically to cripple our military capabilities. They want to dominate not only the Asian Pacific, uh, but they're preparing for showdowns with the U.S. in space as well as the digital realm. And I don't think we're taking it quite seriously yet. One of the things I like about the president's massive increase in military spending is the fact that we need the next generation of weaponry so we don't have to send our kids door to door to door without up armored Humvees and banging on doors and running into IEDs and terrorist fire. I'd rather fight those wars by pushing buttons in Tampa. So uh, at least we're beginning to catch up because we lost a lot of ground in the eight years of Obama, in my opinion. 
Absolutely. Um, they've cut defense spending, you know, by bill- billions of dollars during the eight years of the Obama administration. But even worse than that, they totally ignored the threat from China. In fact, uh, I point out in Deceiving the Sky that the Obama administration directed the, from the White House, directed every agency not to say anything critical about China, whether it's their cyber attacks or their military buildup. Um, so even the Pentagon, which is required by law to publish an annual China military power report, was was playing down this threat. And I can tell you that uh, in the military sphere, uh, for, for many, many years, our intelligence agencies, our intelligence analysts, the top officials, I had the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency tell me 20 years ago that China was not a threat. And uh, I said to him, how can you say that? Will you have a country with nuclear weapons capable of, of nuking our cities and you're, you're saying it's not a threat? And I asked him why he said that. And he said it was basically because of what they told us. So they claim they're not a threat. Therefore, we've accepted this. It was astounding. And so I've been uh, basically really beating the drum to highlight this threat from China, which I think is going to take all of America's resources to really confront them and to mitigate this threat. And it's, it's not going to be an easy battle. We're, we're basically in a new Cold War with China. Well, that's pretty scary. But now I think the Chinese, I'm not sure President Xi, but I, you know, he's the president for life. So I guess he's thinking he has enough time to do whatever he wants. And is he being advised? Well, maybe wait till Trump's reelection. Let's see if he gets reelected before we ever consider any deal with America. We can suck it up, even though the economy is growing at the slowest level in 27 years with currency at 11 year low. Let's just wait and see what happens in November of 2020. Now, if that's their position, it'll stay as it is. But perhaps Donald Trump, knowing him as well as I do, I, I would anticipate his response to such thinking on their part is, one, I'm going to win. And when I do in January of 2021, uh, the cost just went up 35 percent. Absolutely. In fact, the president just tweeted that out uh, this week. He said, uh, if the Chinese think they can wait me out and try to uh, uh, unseat me, he said, when I get reelected, it's going to be even tougher on China. Uh, and that's what I'm very hopeful for. Right now, he wants to deal. He wants to make a deal. He's, he's uh, you know, he wrote the book on uh, the art of the deal, but he's also uh, not going to be rolled by the Chinese. And I think that's really key. Uh, in, in Deceiving the Sky, I interviewed a former businessman who spent 20 years in China dealing with the Chinese. And he said, the first thing you have to understand about dealing with the Chinese is they're communists. And they adopt the communist morality, which is... uh everybody's an enemy who's not a communist, who's not a Chinese communist in this case. And he said, if you didn't understand that, uh, you'd find out that the, the deals that the Chinese make are only valid the day that they shake hands. Once they do that, they come back later and say, oh, well, that deal was only valid for when we shook hands. I think conditions have changed. So it's going to be very difficult to deal with the Chinese, especially when you're dealing with the Communist Party of China, which is the, the dominant party there. Well, that's pretty scary, too. Why do Beijing, why does Beijing pursue policies and openly deceive Western leaders about their intentions? For example, look at the, the case of the deep state. Why did why did Peter Strzok, after being told that Hillary's server was being hacked in real time, in other words, everything that went on that server, anything sent from that server, any email from Hillary Clinton or anybody involved with with her inner circle, they were getting it in real time. Now, we talked a lot about Russian interference and no, 
As long as it was about Trump, it was fine, not about the Russian dossier with the media mob. They didn't care about Ukrainian influence that was designed to help Hillary Clinton. And they don't seem to care that top secret classified uh, information on Hillary's server was sent to the Chinese in real time. And that's probably only the tip of the iceberg, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that whole investigation right now is the target of uh, of the uh, special counsel uh, at the Justice Department is looking at all of these uh, questions about the FBI's mishandling of the Clinton email investigation. Uh, you know that if it was you or I that had put classified information on a private server, uh, we'd be doing time. Uh, but Hillary Clinton was allowed to skate, and there's obviously political influence involved in there, whether it was McCabe and Comey and the top ranks of of the uh, the former FBI there that uh, that is now under investigation under under very close scrutiny. You know, it is pretty inc- incredible. Uh, All right. Well, the book is phenomenal. We're putting it up on our website. It's called Deceiving the Sky Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy. Just out this week, uh, Bill Gertz, uh, brilliant writer, investigative reporter, friend of the program for a long time. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Larry is in Vegas. K-Dawn, what's up, Larry? How are you, my friend? How do you do, sir? It's an honor to uh, allow me to speak on your program today. I appreciate all the things that you have done and many of your guests to expose the great community organizer. Uh, When you look at everything that's taken place, uh, a lot of the things that's gone down here through the Democratic machine and its patronage organization, all this investigation stuff and things of that, all these people followed orders. And if it gets to any type of indictments or things like that, Barack Obama is obligated to protect Comey, Lynch, Lerner, Rice, all these things fall into one position. The chief executive officer had to give the order or someone that he designated to speak to these people. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, sir. Listen, you don't have a counterintelligence investigation without Obama's knowledge. (laughs) Struck and page text say they wanted to be Obama wanted to be informed every step of the way. I got to tell you, uh, Bill, you're very impressive in terms of your knowledge of all this. Um, I'm just telling everybody, sit tight. This I again, we've not been wrong at all. We've nailed this from the get go. The mob got it all wrong. That's why they're moving back to Stormy. But there there has to be accountability. My only unknown is the evidence is there. It's overwhelming. It's uncontrovertible. It all happened. Will we hold them accountable? Because if we don't, that means the country's in. I I don't know how we survive with a dual justice system like that. Anyway, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. All right, loaded up tonight. Uh, This deep state information is huge. We will bust through all of it. We got the Devin Nunes lawsuit. We got the ACLJ lawsuit. We got Tom Fitton's lawsuit. Uh, We've got uh, Bastardi on how bad Charleston is getting hit. Now Wilmington is in the path of this Hurricane Dorian. We'll have the latest on that. And the media insanity and much much more 9 eastern tonight hannity fox news we hope you'll join us see you at nine thanks for being with us back here tomorrow